Welcome to Lamb of God Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you for being here this morning. It was weird as we <clears throat> driving down the street this morning. It was weird seeing all these empty parking lots, you know, and uh, I don't know if that I've ever driven here quite so fast as I got today and I was not speeding. <laughs> but uh, an unusual day, unusual time in our country. Um, nothing like this in my lifetime. I guess uh, the, the, uh, as I read, um, the Spanish flu, as it was called, um, that occurred during World War I uh, might, uh, uh, is, is the closest thing that our world has gone through. And um, the, time, the fact that it was um, during the time of World War I, it was spread, uh, the belief, through encampments of large amounts of soldiers being in one place. There's a particular camp in France where all soldiers passed through it to go to the lines as they came in on the boats. And they think it was uh, passed through uh, these camps and then uh, moved throughout the world. And, and uh, a lot of, not a lot, of, as much scientific understanding of how viruses worked at the time. And um, uh, millions passed away. And uh, I took some time to read sermons that were preached during that time. And um, uh, it's very powerful, very moving. Uh, today, uh, President Trump has asked, called for a day of prayer. So I wanted to make sure we did spend an extensive time in prayer today. We also have some sick church members like your mom. And then uh, Lorraine, I know, is coughing up and on. And so we want to make sure we intercede for her. Um, the prayer I read uh, for the colic today, I'll send it to you. It's written by the Ethics and Christian Ethics uh, Commission. It's the Southern Baptist Commission. Uh, and hopefully and that would encourage you. It really hits every base, that prayer. Uh, as we intercede for our country and our nation. Before I share, I thought we would just pray. You know, we just seek the Lord. And um, anyone want to share anything before we start interceding? I know my fear hasn't been the fear. I haven't been fearful of the virus as much as the fearful of what the consequences would be. For instance, uh, rumors are that we might close for two weeks. So what am I going to do in my budget if I'm not working? These kinds of things. Um those have been my, some of my fears and anxieties that I've had to give to the Lord and trust Him. If Matthew 6 says that all our needs are to care of Him and I can trust Him fully and I don't have to be fearful, be anxious for nothing. Uh, your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. So uh, that's been my, my challenge to trust. Yeah, Second Chronicles 7.14, I had inverted it in my mind. It's 7.14, not 14.7. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their uh, sin and heal their land. So, Lord, as a people, we're, we call on your name. We humble ourselves today and we seek you. We seek your face. And, Lord, we repent of our sinfulness and our wicked ways. Lord, the things that uh, our selfishness and the hurt that we've caused. So we know because of this that you will hear from heaven. You will respond. Lord, you're not silent. The Lord, you love us and your grace pours out to us. And so you will forgive the sin that we've committed and the hurt and the pain we've caused. And you will bring about healing in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask uh, Father Scott to come up. Go ahead and do the prayers of the people. And then when we get there, we'll pray for individual needs, pray for our country, pray for healing for the land. And uh, then I'll just share a short word. Um, uh, turn with me to Matthew 6. Let this always be in our heart and mind, uh, no matter what. 
we're facing. Uh, we're going to Matthew 6, 25, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Good reminder of uh, from him how easy it is to get caught up and to be anxious. And what is the cure to that anxiety, especially when it comes to daily needs? Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not uh, more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow, and they neither tool nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not be more clothed than you? Will he not, how much more will he clothe you? O you a little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, Shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I've seen um, pictures on Twitter. Uh, I assume they're accurate. You never know on Twitter. But uh, people standing in front of boxes and boxes of sanitizer. You know, they had hoarded, you know. And I, Great. You're prepared. You're going to share? You know, uh, you know, I uh, saw another guy in front of just boxes and boxes and boxes of toilet paper. Right. You're you've collected all the stuff and you're prepared for the survival, I guess. But are you willing to give? Help those who are needy, help those who are hurting. So just a real quick, just some reminders uh, of when we live in an age of crisis, how our response should be. First of all, the first one is the world of the Bible. Uh, when we see a crisis like this, like a virus or a plague come through, it reminds us this is the kind of world that the people of the Bible lived in. You know, uh, they didn't have the hospitals, the medications, the things that we have. Uh, vast plagues would sweep the land. Some of you have uh, talked to me about uh, doing research or watching online about the locust plague in uh, sub-Sahara Africa. And it's eating everything. You just the video will show the locusts coming in, and then you see the crop. They leave, and there's no more crops. Okay, three to five years it will take to reproduce those crops. You know, so there's a, there's a. It's the it's like the world of the Bible, like the Book of Joel. So we're reminded when we go through these things, we're not going to, we're going to face them as Bible characters face them, trust the Lord, believing Him, to meet our needs in the midst of the crisis. Number two, we remind us that when we're in this uh, kind of crisis, <clears throat> that as someone's already mentioned, I think it was Noah in prayer, this reminds us, do we believe what we profess? It puts us our, our line, puts our faith on the line. <clears throat> Am I just going to act in panic and anxiety, fearfulness and selfishness as a culture? Or do I actually believe what Jesus just said, that I don't have to be fearful for tomorrow, that if I make his kingdom... <clears throat> serving others and serving him my priority, then he will meet my needs. And I can truly believe that the Lord will be faithful in the midst of the crisis. Number three, real quick, number neighborly love. As I mentioned, it's not an age for hoarding. It's a time for sharing. And so if you see a neighbor in need, a friend having a sickness, step out, reach out, touch their lives, see if you can love them 
in Christ. Have confidence and joy because you know really in reality that your heart is set on Christ and that you're going to be living in eternity for him, with him forever. This is very short. This life is very short. So we live for eternity. And so we're willing to take risk and step out because we know that the Lord has us in a care. And we do believe in the resurrection of the dead. We do believe we will spend, uh, we've been given eternal life and we will live with him forever. So we're willing to take risks. Number four, family discipleship. I don't know how it's going with you guys right now. I'm still working. But for a lot of folks, uh, we sold just a ton of gaming systems yesterday. We sold a ton of games, movies, streaming devices. You know what they were all for? Kill time. You know, uh, school, a lot of the kids um, are going to be out of school for the next several weeks. Some of them are overlapping their spring break. Uh, uh, originally, they said Wednesday, and now I think it's Monday. And so you've got uh, a lot of people uh, going to be at home, confined, self-quarantining. Use that as an opportunity to stop with your kids. Use that as an opportunity to spend time with the Lord, not just to divert your mind, but to really be a disciple. A disciple means someone who's disciplined. A disciple means a learner. You're a disciple, you're a follower of Jesus. So you're going to discipline yourself during this extra time, if you get some, to seek the Lord and uh, spend time with Him and encourage your family and your, their walk with the Lord. You know, share with them some of the Bible study you're learning, some of the things that God's speaking to you about. Number five, there's a hope. You know, it says that uh, Jesus, only Jesus knows the end. end. But uh, when uh, something like this breaks out, it makes people uh, recognize that life is frail and it is short. And we can remind people that there is a hope, that the the world may end at one time, but at some time it may end now or later. But... Jesus is returning. He is going to put all things to right. It's a reminder to share with people that there is an eternal hope. There is an eternal life and there is purpose. Uh, And so we hope in the second coming of Christ when he comes and makes all things right and we live the new creation where there'll be no more sickness and sorrow. And then also, number six, we believe in the sovereignty of God. Even in the midst of this, we may not always understand what his purposes are in allowing something like this, but we know that there's no random, there's no chance. Even if I was to get sick today, uh, just thank the Lord for it and see it as an opportunity to walk in the Spirit. The Heidelberg Catechism, it's a famous Reformed Catechism, puts it this way. The almighty and ever-present power of God, by which God upholds, as with his hand, heaven and earth and all creatures, so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. So it's a confident exp- uh, expression of God's providence and his trust in the midst of our circumstances. So that's number six, trusting God's sovereignty and his providence. And number seven is Christ's heart. He gives us a passion and a compassion uh, for uh, people and their suffering. Christ became it as we are and was uh, tempted without sin. He suffered as our brother in every part of the human life. So he gives us a heart and a compassion and understanding for people going through and how they're suffering. He gives us a genuine love for them as they're struggling. And then last, um, uh, it reminds us of heaven. It's a reminder these crises, that there's a reminder there is an eternity and that we're living for it and that we're living, uh, yearning for that day when we can spend time with the Lord. Uh, I hate these pictures that uh, 
picture heaven like um, the Charmin commercials, you know, with the little clouds and people on harps. No, this is going to be a powerful time when you're in heaven, seeing the Lord face to face, being with your loved ones that are in Christ. And a time we owe to celebrate in the Lord and enjoy His presence and know the love of the Lord face to face and know that all the suffering and death that's in this life will be done for and that we're living for another world. So just some reminders. One, uh, let this uh, this time uh, remind you of the world of the Bible and the, the way people live. We live in an, un, an unusual age. We are the wealthiest country in the world, in the history of the world. We're the wealthiest people that have ever lived. And we're, this is actually somewhat of an aberration. Uh, most cultures, most worlds have no. This is what they have known is sweeping sicknesses that often go through their culture. The last major, uh, I know SARS was just a few years ago, um, but the, the the last, really last major pandemic was the, uh, they, they called it the Spanish flu. It didn't come from Spain, but because they uh, were not in a war zone, uh, their newspapers printed about what was going on. Since a lot of the sickness was spreading in war zones during World War One, the government was censoring the papers and not allowing people to know how bad it was in France and Britain, the United States because uh, they don't want Germany to know how sick people were getting, even though they were also getting sick. So a lot of the reporting was real strange during that day, but we call it the Spanish flu because they were reporting it. But uh, it reminds us of the world and the frail world and the fallen world we live in. Number two, it reminds us to have a true trust in Christ and let our professed belief be what, how we live and the choices we make. Number three, neighborly love, seeking out in uh, ways of serving people in the midst of their sickness Four, use our time wisely, using an opportunity to be discipled in Christ and disciple others in Christ. Five, recognize this is the second coming of Christ that's going to put all things to right. Number six, remember that God is sovereign and he's allowing these purposes for a reason. We may not always know them right now, but we know always that in his providence, our response is to glorify him. And number seven, it, we know Christ's heart. And we have uh, Christ has a heart and a compassion for suffering people. We want to express and share that same heart. And then, of course, last, we live for heaven and we live for eternity. This is not our life. This is not our home. Amen. All right. I am told that at the passing of the peace, you're not supposed to shake hands anymore. I don't know what about that, but you're supposed to. You call it the chicken wing. Have you seen it? Yeah, bow bump. Or yesterday they were calling it the chicken wing on. TV. But anyway, whatever you want to do, you can do. But peace of the Lord be always with you. Uh, So with you. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you next time.